Welcome back to the Unapologetic Skeptic Podcast. This episode is going to be an audio archive of one of my longer-form YouTube videos. So if you haven't had a chance to watch and you prefer to listen, sit back and enjoy. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to UA Skeptic, the channel where an ex-evangelical examines the supernatural claims of Christians. In this video, we're going to take a look at the claim of a risen Jesus as presented by Dr. William Lane Craig. And with no further introduction needed, let's just hop right into it. Just to add, I know this is part two. I haven't actually watched part one, but I thought this one would be interesting, so I'm going to go ahead and just do it. It's a matter of historical record that Jesus of Nazareth died and his body was placed in a tomb. You're already on somewhat shaky ground saying that it's a matter of historical record. But personally, I don't really have an issue granting that Jesus was a real person. And if he was a real person, that means that he died. But the claim that he was buried in a tomb rather than a mass grave is a little bit harder to prove. It's also been firmly established that after his death and burial, his tomb was found empty. Even if we can prove that he was buried in a tomb, which I don't believe we can, to prove that it was empty and that the cause of that was because he had risen from the dead is basically an impossible task. The only proof that you really have of that is a fallacious for the Bible told me so kind of argument. The Bible being the claim, not the evidence. But I'm sure we'll get into more of that as the video continues. Various individuals and groups saw appearances of Jesus alive. So, if I remember right, it was a group of over 500 people that was supposed to have seen him alive. So, who are these people? Why didn't any of them write this down in any other place other than inside of the Bible? I mean, you would think that a man comes back to life, this would be well documented. And yet it's not, except for the Bible. I mean, it's weird, right, that the book of the religion that wants you to believe this stuff is the only place where this world-changing historic event is recorded. And his disciples somehow became absolutely convinced that Jesus had risen from the dead. Just because people are convinced of a claim, that doesn't make it true. There's a lot of people convinced that the world is flat. It's definitely not true. And yes, I know, they were martyred for their beliefs, and people don't just die for something they don't believe in. Okay, but again, just because they believed in it, that doesn't make it true. I absolutely do not dispute that the disciples were sincere in their beliefs. But sincerity in beliefs is probably one of the weakest evidences you could have presented. These are the historical facts. How do you explain them? How do you call them historical facts when there is no real evidence of the resurrection aside from inside the Bible? Down through history, various naturalistic explanations have been offered to explain away these facts. Let's examine the four most popular ones. I'm just going to say this right from the jump. There's no way for us to know exactly what happened. I do think some of these naturalistic explanations are good, or at least the ones that I think he's going to bring up, but we can't say exactly what happened. And I know that there are some apologists out there that would latch onto that and say, well, you can't prove your naturalistic explanation, so the Bible must be telling the truth. That's not how it works. First, the conspiracy theory. According to this view, the disciples faked the resurrection. They stole Jesus' body from the tomb and then lied about seeing Jesus alive, thereby perpetrating the greatest hoax of all time. 
I can't say that this is one of my favorite ones, but it is possible. I mean, all of them are possible. They could have lied because they simply didn't want to go back to their lives as fishermen. But again, this isn't one of my favorite ones. However, this theory faces overwhelming objections. It's hopelessly anachronistic. It looks at the disciples' situation through the rearview mirror of Christian history, instead of from the standpoint of a first-century Jew. Jews had no concept of a Messiah who would be defeated and executed by Israel's enemies, much less rise from the dead. In Jewish thinking, the resurrection of the dead was a general event that takes place only after the end of the world and has no connection at all with the Messiah. Right, except for they would have been aware of older religions that also had resurrection myths. So that kind of shoots that right in the foot. The Akkadian god Tammuz, for example. And that story includes death and resurrection, so yes, they would have known about death and resurrection of a savior-type character. The conspiracy theory also fails to address the disciples' obvious sincerity. People don't willingly die for something they know is not true. Just out of curiosity, does that include Joseph Smith as well? Because he also died as a martyr to his faith. So, do you think that Mormonism is true? An honest reading of the New Testament makes it clear. These people sincerely believed the message they proclaimed and were willing to die for. For these and other reasons, no scholar defends the conspiracy theory today. And as you said, a reading of the New Testament tells us this. So this is basically a for the Bible tells me so fallacious argument. You're using the claim as the evidence. And again, you know, this isn't my favorite one, but it is possible. You can't rule it out completely. And I would say the same thing about your belief in the resurrection. I'm not going to rule that out completely. I just need you to provide me with irrefutable evidence and you have not done that yet. A second attempt to explain the facts is the apparent death theory. Jesus didn't really die. He revived in the tomb, somehow escaped, and managed to convince his disciples he was risen from the dead. Now, you're not going to find me spending a lot of time discussing this one because I don't think that this is the most plausible theory. In fact, I think it's the least plausible if we accept the crucifixion. And I add that in there because if we do accept or grant the crucifixion, you're not going to find many people, if any at all, able to survive that. This theory also faces insurmountable obstacles. First, it's medically impossible. The Roman executioners were professionals. They knew what they were doing and made sure their victims were dead before taken down. And again, you know, I don't disagree with that point. I just don't think it's medically possible, especially given the medical knowledge of the day, for him to have survived that if, again, we grant the crucifixion. Moreover, Jesus was tortured so extensively that even if he was taken down alive, he would have died in the sealed tomb. Second, this theory is wildly implausible. Seeing a half-dead man who crawled out of the tomb, desperately in need of bandaging and medical attention, would hardly have convinced the disciples that he was gloriously risen from the dead. As a result, no New Testament historians defend this theory today. I just don't have a lot to add to this one because I don't find it to be plausible myself. A third explanation is the displaced body theory. Now we're going to get into one that I do find to be a little bit more plausible. Perhaps Joseph of Arimathea 
placed Jesus' body in his tomb temporarily because it was convenient. But later, he moved the corpse to a criminal's common graveyard. This is one that I'm a little more familiar with, and it is one that I could possibly believe. So, when the disciples visited the first tomb and found it empty, they concluded that Jesus must have risen from the dead. Once again, this theory cannot make sense of the facts. Jewish laws prohibited moving a corpse after it was interred, except to the family tomb. This is absolutely not a good argument for it. I mean, you're going to tell me that even back in Jesus' day, people didn't ever break the law? I mean, Jesus was said to have been crucified next to two criminals who were on the crucifixion cross for having broken the law. What's more, the criminal's graveyard was located close to the place of execution, so that burial there would not have been a problem. Just to add a little side note here, we actually don't have a lot of evidence to tell us that that's not what happened anyway, that he wasn't just put in a mass grave. Also, once the disciples began to proclaim Jesus' resurrection, Joseph would have corrected their mistake. Honestly, how do we know that he would have corrected them? Especially without a deep investigation into the fact that he may have had personal reasons for not correcting them. So, once again, no current scholars endorse this theory. Also, again, just to add a little note, that's not the only possible theory when it comes to, well, the displaced body theory. For instance, historian Charles Freeman has posited that Jewish leadership may have possibly moved the body in order to avoid any civil unrest from the followers of Jesus. And that's only one other theory among others, including grave robbers and Jesus' own family. And I just think that it does the topic a disservice to not even mention that there are other culprits that could have possibly moved the body. Finally, the hallucination theory. The disciples didn't really see Jesus, but just imagined that he appeared before them. They were all hallucinating. But see, they would not have all had to have been hallucinating. It would have only taken one person to put the thought into their head and cause a sort of mass hysteria. I mean, mass hysteria is a documented phenomenon. I'm not just pulling it out of the air here. This theory also faces considerable problems. First, Jesus appeared not just one time, but many times. Not just in one place, but in different places. Not just to one person but to different persons, not just to individuals, but to groups of people, and not just to believers, but to unbelievers as well. But again, it only takes one person to start a chain reaction. That aside, and speaking of other people, it's been said that a group of over 500 saw Jesus. Who are they? Why didn't they write this down? This would have been a massive historical event, and you're going to tell me that nobody recorded it except for in the Bible. Nobody recorded it except for in the claim. There is no outside sources to tell us that this happened. There is nothing in the psychological casebooks on hallucinations comparable to these resurrection appearances. Second, hallucinations of Jesus would have led the disciples to believe at most that Jesus had been transported to heaven, not risen from the dead, in contradiction to their Jewish beliefs. Moreover, in the ancient world, visions of the deceased were not evidence that the person was alive, but evidence that he was dead and had moved on to the afterworld. 
But in the ancient world, there is stories that predate Jesus about death and resurrection. For all we know, those actually influenced the Bible's writing. Much like the Epic of Gilgamesh probably influenced Noah's flood. I will be the first person to tell you that I am not an expert. But from my knowledge, and from what I can see, there's just too many holes to believe it. There's just not enough evidence for the resurrection. And there is some evidence for naturalistic explanations. And usually when it comes to the supernatural, it's, well, not supernatural. There is almost always a naturalistic explanation. And trust me, I will be the first person to come here and make a video and tell you if I decide that there is enough evidence for the resurrection. If I personally feel like the resurrection is true and that has been proven to me, I will tell you that. I think the truth and honesty should prevail. Finally, this theory doesn't even attempt to explain the empty tomb. Thus, the four most popular naturalistic theories fail to explain the historical facts. Where does that leave us? Well, it sounds like it leaves us not knowing. Or, you know, at least not having a 100% confidence in any answer. The difference between me and you is that I can admit that. Another possibility is the explanation given by the original eyewitnesses that God raised Jesus from the dead. Unlike the other theories, this makes perfect sense of the empty tomb, the appearances of Jesus alive, and the disciples' willingness to die for their belief. But it's not the only explanation that works. We just discussed this. It's the explanation that you want to work. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, especially when it comes to the supernatural. And I'm sorry, but for the Bible tells me so is not extraordinary evidence. If it was, we could all believe in Spider-Man or Harry Potter. But is this explanation plausible? After all, it requires a miracle, a supernatural act of God. Think about it. If it's even possible that God exists, then miracles are possible, and this explanation cannot be ruled out. And surely it's possible that God exists. So how do you explain the resurrection? Well, I can certainly tell you that if I was trying to explain the resurrection, I would not immediately jump to the supernatural claim. And I can grant you that if it's possible for God to exist, then it is possible for miracles to be real. Now go ahead and prove God, so that we can then prove the miracles. Anyway, that's it for me today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to support me and what I'm doing, I did open up a Buy Me A Coffee account. You can find the link for it in my bio or in my link tree. I hope you guys have an amazing week, and I will see you